Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running MakerExperiment.com, and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. See, I can't find the window, so I don't know if you actually hit it. <laughs> yes, I, okay. I hit the record button. <laughs> Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 74, where I can't find anything on my computer, but we're also going to talk about accounting for your design time. We're trying to make you guys some money. That's what it's going to be about. There you go. How's it going? I just booked my flight for WorkbenchCon. So I have eight, like literally just clicked the button. So I have 18 windows open and I'm a little panicked because I just said, yes, take all my monies. And they didn't send me a confirmation email yet. And I can't find the window where trip info is. So, well, I hate that. it usually takes a couple of minutes for that to come care. through. I need it instantly. They took my money instantly. They can send me an instant email. Josh and I were just talking about the whole needing to have things instantly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm a to- like I'm a typical consumer. Like I want stuff right now. No, I wouldn't have been able to ever tell that. Patient. So I've actually had this issue lately where I will purchase things and then I'm never getting the confirmation emails. So I've had a, like ordered some stuff online and then I'm not getting the confirmation emails. And then I've had to go like return the items and they're like, "Oh, we can't return your stuff because you never got the email with your tracking info." So. I found the page. I'm going to hit print. They should be able to return your stuff without a confirmation email. I don't know what's telling you, man. People are weird. That's that's what I learned. All right. What's going on with you? Uh, Let's see. I finished up the signs and delivered the large LED sign to Chris Trot at TaylorMade. So that was cool. I got to drive, well... I was already heading to Disneyland for the weekend Mm -hmm. with the family, so we made a slight detour south and stopped at TaylorMade headquarters in Carlsbad, and then I dropped off the sign to him, got to meet him. He's super cool, and then he gave me a tour of the main office building, and he also gave us a tour of their fitting facility across the street which is supposedly super exclusive and hard to get into for the actual fittings and even getting a tour is pretty exclusive so you felt like a vip i felt very much like a vip (laughs) it was cool so that and then i went to disneyland so now i'm back i'm sore from walking like thirty thousand steps a day i hope it was that much and you're not just sore from like regular old walking no, it was 30,000 steps a day. Okay, good. That's a little better. And my kid's favorite ride ended up being Guardians of the Galaxy. They're brave little souls. Like, you texting me about it made me get the palpitations, thinking about having to go on it. And you said they kept wanting to go back onto it. So they want, the first couple times, my youngest daughter 
It was like, okay, I'm done. Then we tried to get her going a third time. And she was like, no, I don't want to. And my wife really wanted to, so we bribed her. So we bribed her to go the third and fourth time. And that was all in one day. And then the next day, we went back to the same park. And she wanted to ride it when we got there. And the line was really short. And we went, I think, back to back to back. And then we had like an hour break. And then we went again. And then we went one more time right before we left. So they rode it nine times in total. Jeez Louise. And we rode the Ferris wheel, the sliding version of the Ferris wheel, Mm -hmm. which in my opinion is scarier than Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) I'll take your word for it because I didn't want to find out on either one of them. I didn't even like the swings. You know which swings you're talking about. Like when your legs are sticking out, like that's not even my jam, so. Well, have you, did you see the Ferris wheel? Yeah. Like the car sliding on it? Yes. Like you go, by the time you swing down and your car tilts, you're tilting at like a 45 degree angle. I need to find Maybe you. Maybe 30. But yeah. it was still enough that you're looking, if you're on the, if you're facing into the Ferris wheel and you're looking down, you're looking like at the water that you're hovering over, which is kind of unnerving. To find the, um kind of like YouTube advertisement video of the ziplining roller coaster that we did because I was literally on it thinking like, what the hell is wrong with me? Why would I get on this thing? Like you don't like any of this. And now you're literally stuck in the air with the freaking cable. Like there's no turning back. And I like that kind of stuff. They call it roller coaster because you go like you're in your harness, like your ziplining harness, but you're on a track like a coaster and then it does like the drops and that so which makes you go up and then you're like I'm no longer in my harness and then like holy shit like I've fallen completely into my harness like and then I'd be okay with that no yeah it's not so it's okay so I survived like my body still obviously you're still here like I'm still (laughs) like I feel like older than my age especially you know I just had my birthday so I definitely feel even older than that now and I'm just like out there and I was like, I don't have shit to prove to anybody anymore. Like I was over there peer pressuring my kids that they needed to sack up and do it. And then I'm over there like having an internal meltdown. So the fact that they (laughs) didn't want to do it, like I should have just let them not do it. So yeah, our kids rode, I think everything they could ride. So they rode hyperspace mountain. They rode the, Oh, what is the roller coaster? That's the train big thunder mountain railroad. They rode that. Oh, I like that one. And they were not tall enough for the Incredicoaster, but I rode it, and it was awesome. Nope. Too fast. Um, Did you do the Cars ride, though? Because that's actually cool. We did. They loved that. You're you're definitely on the mellow side for thrill rides. I will sit on It's a Small World all day long and, be, and eat my churro. That was closed. We couldn't go on it. That's weird. This time last year is when we went, and they still had it like holiday style in there too, which was pretty cool. But the haunted mansion was closed when we went. See, a haunted mansion was open, and that one was a Nightmare Before Christmas overlay, so it had like Jack Skellington. It was pretty cool. But they're gonna—they were gonna close it, I think, next week to change it back. You need to watch that show I've been telling you about on Disney Plus. That the Imagineering one. So Josh is watching us record right now. <laughs> so it's really funny, Josh from Home Sweet Home, but he doesn't want to talk to any of us. So it's really funny to see just his like visual commentary of 
like right on like then he goes back to clicking and stuff like that and so it's like occasionally <laughs> so you'll see the laughing for no reason it's because yeah. of him but the imagineering for on disney plus it's like starts from when uh, you don't have to take your face off from when walt disney had just the concept for the park and then all his steps into current times when they opened up the star wars and disneyland so like they just finished filming this what is it, like, okay in may but there's like five or six episodes and it's pretty cool like you it's totally right up your alley for all of i it. need to watch that i haven't i just haven't had time your kids would like it too because it's like all the rides and stuff like that it's not like it's colorful enough to not be like a complete like documentary you know what i mean yeah which i mean there's a lot of things that so we i mean we went to disney world so there's a lot of things that are the same or the rides are the same but it was interesting because we were like oh well we like this one better at disneyland or we like this one better at disney world and then my kids are like now obsessed with the guardians of the galaxy but they've never seen the movie <laughs> they probably so, just like the ro- like rocket they yeah exactly they like rocket so we're gonna i think we're gonna show them that movie this weekend this is what sits on my decks normally he's Groot. in my living room yeah baby group but that's the only souvenir i got at disneyland last year uh well my kids got some but they were not Groot and they were not rocket we're back in it now i think you and i both got home like the same time so yep. what's on your agenda to make Anything? My agenda. Let's see. I have to make 450 keychains for WorkbenchCon because they're going in these swag bags. And then, I mean, project-wise, I don't currently have any outstanding orders. I'm caught up. Does it feel good, though? Or does it feel like, oh, shit, I need to make my laser payment? That would yeah. It's the second one. <laughs> <laughs> The I'm sending you work. especially since the last one was for a trade and not uh, actual send, cash. Well, you're not going to make much on the project that I send. So everyone's seen now that I gifted my laser cutting boards to my family, and now everyone wants laser recipe boards. And I'm going to say no after this one that I do that I have to send to Trevor to get lasered because it's not realistic to pay shipping to Vegas and back every time I get an order like this. But it's for someone that I can't say no to. So you'll be getting a project here very soon. Sweet. Yeah, I'm kind of pissed though because yesterday I went to. I thought they wanted like a wooden tablet, like the ones that I just did. So I went to the store yesterday and bought lumber, and then had the consult with them today over the phone. And apparently they had something different in their head. So now I need to go back and buy different wood in order to get going. And I'm like basically behind schedule already because it needs to be delivered to them by february 13th with me prepping it getting to the point where i can send it to you you sending it back all that stuff so i'm like awesome i actually have to like work hard now i'm not used to that so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean so so order wise like i'm pretty clear at the moment i have i've talked to maybe four or five more golf channels on YouTube about doing collaborations like the one I did with Trotty. But the, I mean, the only other thing is 
coming up with YouTube content, which is definitely not easy when you have a full-time job. So people that, I mean, the people that are able to release like every other day or every day or whatever, which isn't typical of the maker community. It's more like the vloggers and whatever. Mm-hmm. I can see why if you didn't have a full-time job, you could do that. If you have a full-time job and a family and commitments, like, good luck. Like, I feel like I'm doing pretty well at once a week with a full-time job and a family My and everything full-time else. full-time job is making, and I don't think that I could be creative enough to release a YouTube channel a week. Or a YouTube video, sorry, a week on my channel. Mostly it's just coming up with ideas. And then once you have the ideas, if it requires a lot of time, then it's... I mean, I'm working on a video now that I'm probably not going to release for two months. Because I have to design it. And it's going to take two or three weeks of, you know, an hour here, an hour there to even work on the design. So we're getting ready to remodel our master bathroom. YouTube video. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. Like, I'm wondering if I should do that on YouTube. Might as well. But I think, like, I'm just doing the design and not any of the labor. Like, I'm totally fine. No, I know. But I'm, like, I figure I can, like, video me picking out materials. But, like, like I just said, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. So I don't want to demo. Like, I don't want to work that hard at any of it. So I'll pay someone to do it for me. I wouldn't do a video unless you wanted to have a YouTube like, I wouldn't pressure anybody to do it. Uh, if you wanted to do it and you want it, like, if you want to have a YouTube channel. Do you want to record my remodel for your channel so you have content? <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is, you like, your stuff, I think, if you want to get more into the design side and picking stuff out, like, you could have, like, an interior design style vlogging YouTube channel. And it'd probably do pretty well. Yeah. That's that's the hard part is, like, when I'm actually out shopping, like, I just don't want anyone looking at me while I'm filming type stuff. So that's why, like, I can't get past that in order to film any of it. Well, that's when you make a YouTube shirt for yourself. <laughs> On the back, it says, don't you think I know who I am? With, with your YouTube channel. And then just be like, don't bother me, I'm vlogging. So I walked into the gym Saturday morning. We got back Friday night. I walked into the gym Saturday morning. And the like clerk, the receptionist, whatever you want to call her, says, how was Mexico? Lady, I've literally never had a conversation with you in my life before. So like, yeah. That was so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. So that's all I need is to put, I'm a YouTuber on my shirt. and see what happens from there. Do it. Do it. But anyway, I guess we should actually roll into the topic, huh? Well, I guess this can be part of our topic is what is happening this weekend. So I have a design consult Saturday. So we're this is Wednesday night. It's weird for us. It's like um, MVP after dark. So we have a little bit more personality. Like... I'm. This is my dinner time, so we'll. We might have to go quickly so I can go eat, but I think it's going to be a different vibe in the mornings. So on Saturday, well, yeah, we're awake. <laughs> Saturday when we should be recording. <laughs> one, I got to go spin class. I got to go exercise. But then right after that is be a slacker. A design consult with somebody that didn't give me the option to tell them no. So it was. I need my husband needs this done. 
we're free this weekend. What day works for you? And <laughs> man, so I said, that sounds like that job comes with a high price tag. So they sent me the net, you know, then I'm like just living in fear of like opening up the message because then it shows red on Instagram. I got to figure out how to fix that because I want to know what this will entail, but I don't want them to see that I've read it. You know what I mean? That's a good question. Is there a way to do that? I would love that. Because like, I need that. That would be amazing. If somebody knows, Tracy, please Tracy, let us reach know. Out to us, and you're doing so good at taking <laughs> And she said, "I will see you after spin class. You can come over, Stinky." I was like, "Okay." And then, so that was yesterday that we made the arrangements, and so it's just a noodle board, luckily. So I'm like, "Okay," because I'm trying to keep it like down to the smaller scale stuff. Yeah. And then today, I get a message. By the way, we have something else lined up for you. Lady, like, I haven't even met with you. I don't even know that I want to do a big job. And you've already put me in this corner of, like, I can't say no. And based off the people that she knows and I know and, like, how our circles collide, like, I'm going to have to take on this job. She sounds delightful. She's not a bitch, like, if that's what you're thinking. So... No, I was just thinking from, like, a... She seems a very type A. She is... I know her, like, as in her actual profession, and she is, like, a get shit done lady. Yeah, exactly. Which is good. Which can be both, both good and bad. Yes. So now I gotta figure out, like... So they invited me to do the consult... Okay, they forced me to do the consult, but then they're providing me with cocktails while I'm there. Am I going to charge for this consult? Or is it like a meeting among friends? And then how do I gracefully say, no, I don't want this big project when I know that they would be willing to pay for custom prices with not blinking an eye? Okay. But how do I get my money for this weekend? So they, they open up champagne and give me cocktails. And then I say, now you pay me for me drinking your alcohol? Like... You know, like, that's what, it gets hard. Like, it hey. gets, um, like, I like to run my business a certain way. Like, I like to try and keep it as professional as possible and get paid for as many things as possible. But at the same time, it get, becomes tricky on when you become, like, a peer or a friend versus when you're a business owner trying to make money. So I think it depends on, well, for one, if... If they start the conversation with, I want to get a quote, or I want you to, I don't know, help us design this, I would immediately switch to the business mode, and that you're charging for design time. Now, if you're, like, at the bar, and you're having a drink with a friend or whatever, and they pull up a Pinterest, and they say, what do you think of this? Like, yeah, like I, obviously, I don't think I would do anything concept, about that. Like, but... I'm not as worried about, because it's smaller scale. <laughs> Like, I just have to measure the fitting. But normally when I go out and measure, like, that's a consult time. There's a fee for that. So that's where, like, I clearly won't ever get paid back for that. Because my design rate will be damn near what I'm going to charge them for the actual board. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Well, when, I mean, when I do, I guess mine's a little different, too. Because I like I mock everything up in either three D or two D or whatever. I don't I don't know how much of that you Why do. Did, you saw the before and after of that recipe the other day. But it, like 
that's yeah. that's also hard because that took me about an hour, but I also didn't know what I was doing mm-hmm. in order to do it. So like that, I'm not worried about. So there's some things. Thanks to Josh, I figured out how to do it though. <laughs> Josh is the man in graphic design. The one thing that I will say about like if you're learning it, I don't charge the same amount if I'm learning how to do it than if I'm proficient at it. So if I'm doing something new that takes me two hours and say like two years from now, I'm designing the same thing and it takes me 10 minutes. Like those are two, like I don't charge and this is not my actual rate, but I don't charge say $60 an hour for both. Right. Because the one I'm really good at it already, the other one I'm learning so the one I'm learning would be, I I would charge significantly less, if anything. I do think you need to charge something because your time is worth something. But I don't think you can warrant charging the same amount as if you were proficient at Correct. it. I agree. But I also don't think you should do it for free. Well, I think after... I just roll it I, into well, the... Well, after shipping huh? it to you and back and paying you... I'll break even. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's why I was like, well, and, and even then I'll be charging you a yeah, discount so rate that's just why because I, was like, I cannot take on these all the time. Like I already told Amanda, I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go it's... to Vegas this weekend because her family, like her cousins now want those banana bread boards. So there's three right there. Plus the one that I'm selling. So that's four for a different recipe. I was like, I think I'm going to go to Vegas this weekend and drive those boards to Trevor and, drive back Probably cheaper. and she was like you're nuts and i was like it's a literal like it's actually cheaper for me to do that even though it's going to take me 12 hours round trip because i don't know anyone that has a laser in town and then it's like you get to the like the worried fact of like you don't know how good someone else's work is going to be and i don't have time for it to yeah. not be done by a professional i'm giving you a little credit there but i also <laughs> like i've know i know your work like i've you know what i mean like i know it's going to be done exactly the way i want it and it's going to look quality and if you don't like it it you're like you're going to make sure it gets taken care of yeah i mean yeah. i do that with everybody i've i've have fully thrown things out and started over before because they were not good enough she told me I was nuts, but we then I was like, hold on, i got to book my flight. So we didn't finish that conversation of whether or not I'm coming over this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the from I mean, from a design standpoint, I to do a 2D design of most signs, I'm pretty fast at now. So if they already give me a file that's good to work with, I can probably design their sign in 10 minutes. But if it's like they want to see a 3D rendering, that's a whole different story. Yeah, why would they be SOL with me? Because I don't think I'll ever be that savvy at any of this stuff to be able to do that. Yeah, like the ones I did for Trotty, uh, he wanted to see the 3D design of it. So he had a better idea. Doing room design consults and they're like, it's not going to look like when on Property Brothers when they have the 3D renderings. I'm like, you know they pay a freaking graphic designer to do that stuff. Like, that's not them doing it. Like, and you would have to pay my fees plus that fee to be done. So you you also have to remember that this is not TV. Right. I'm like, you could take my drawing that's done on graph paper. Sometimes I'll use a ruler. Sometimes I won't. But like, (laughs) that's as good as you're getting. 
a lot of the times they're doing these designs after the show or after they've already like done all this stuff. So to poo poo all of it. Yeah. Like it's house hunters, happen. they already own the home by the time they do the three and then they pick. Like they they already know which home they're in mm-hmm. by the time they film House Hunters. So like yeah. how much like all of that stuff is fake. Well, well, yeah. Well, it's I, well, not it's like the not internet. necessarily fake, but pre well, I mean, pre staged. It's staged. Yeah, it's definitely staged. It's like when they find like the rodents in there. I'm like, oh yeah, because you didn't like your crew didn't just throw that shit out because they're so used to finding dead animals and stuff like that. Or when they're revamping a house and they're like, your budget's at this. We're we're good. We're on budget. And then ten minutes later, you have fifty thousand yeah. dollars of asbestos. That we need to fix. But it's okay. It was in our contingency plan. Yeah, yeah. My <laughs> contingency plan for my bathroom is like $1,000, so. But my I'm contingency plan is, cheap. you don't exceed my budget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so typically, like, design time. So, no matter what, I think you need to assign a dollar amount per hour that your design time is worth based on your skill yes so, and, and you can't just throw out some arbitrary number like oh i want 200 dollars an hour like no right you have to keep it realistic so you have to think like if you're good at what you do and you're proficient at it what is the typical person in say a graphic design role make per hour and that's kind of the baseline you can start at and then if you're, you know, very generalized and you're doing, you know, easy general work, I would think that you would be able to charge less than if you're a highly specialized skill, like, say, the people that animate logos. Mm-hmm. Because I have no clue how to animate a logo. <laughs> Go on Fiverr. So, I, th- I think the value you can assign largely depends on your skill level. If you're good at it, you can charge a higher price. If you're mediocre at it, you're going to be charging, you know, a the normal baseline that, uh, I guess, like, industry mm-hmm. level. So, say, like, and I have no clue what they make, but say it's, you know, if you're getting started and you don't know what you're doing, I would say the like you know 15 bucks an hour because you have no clue what you're doing and you're learning Mm -hmm. the better you get the higher you can go most people i know if they're doing design and they're proficient at it are usually in like the 85 to 100 dollar an hour range and then it gets rolled into if if they're paying for the design only they'll pay that price if the person decides to then buy the finished product based on that design, that cost gets rolled into the overall project product cost. And not you don't get charged twice, basically. Right. But at least that's how I do it. I I charge for design time and then if they order it, then I roll it in. It's, I think I've lucked out because recently I've been doing so much like smaller scale stuff that it's like, here's my price. 
And yeah. then like, cool, as long as you have it done by this date, I don't care what it looks like. Like, although charcuterie boards that are free-formed, no one was like, I want this amount of points on it. Like, I want it to look like this. You know what I mean? Thank mm. God. And even the one, the last set that I did that was engraved, it was like, do you want a blocky style of font or just a calligraphy style? Calligraphy, boom, done. That was like the only thing I had to ask them the whole time. But they didn't, because sometimes you get those people that like, send me all your calligraphy options. Yeah. Send me all of this. And then it's like, even responding to those text messages is taking time out of your day. And I have to literally stop everything I'm doing because it's all power tool based. You know what I mean? I'm like, where yeah. you have the laser and your robots going. Like I have to, you know, shut everything down to respond to their message in order to answer something stupid like that. So I will tell you now that even if they ask for all of my calligraphy fonts. Well, no, not that I'm going to send them 45. I give them three. Exactly. I'm not going to go and send a bunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? People can't handle that many choices. I can't handle that many choices. Yes. Like, that's, I, I totally agree. And it's crazy because, like, once you start to get those people that can't make a decision, it gets easier to deal with people that can't make a decision. But it doesn't make it less exhausting. Like, Very true. you just know you're going to have to dedicate more time to them. But it's so hard that, like, because you can't charge them for not being able to make a decision. Like, you. Yeah. Because they're going to be wishy-washy. They're going to take an hour making a decision that should get, you know, take two seconds. At that point, when you're having all these conversations that take an hour, it's like, now your $100 project is a $1,000 project. Like, you can't do that. So it's just like you have to learn to be patient and hopefully have other things in the works, too, to where you can make money off of that because you're not going to make as much profit on the hard-to-make-a-decision customer. Yeah, I mean, I've had people that are a huge time suck, and it's typically not, the The problem is it's not affecting your design time, but like you said, it's affecting their decision time. But you're answering questions this whole time they're trying to decide of, you know, well, if these are the acrylics, what colors can I get that in? Okay, if those are my color choices, can it be mirror or matte or glossy or whatever? And it's half the time I end up with a massive migraine at the end of it. <laughs> and it's just sometimes, and I, I pretty much know that most other makers do this, that I you know, that I've interacted with is if this customer is a return customer and they are somebody, you know, is going to be a huge time suck when it comes to design and making decisions and all this other stuff, your hourly rate goes up a little bit. I think that's understandable for a little bit, but I think like, don't rip them off. Like, no, still don't be a jerk. You know what I mean? <laughs> Or maybe, or let me rephrase Unless that. you're going to Your rate so doesn't go up, but you actually account for some of that time. Right. Unless you're, like. That they're sucking you up your time. really don't want the job and you go so high to where. Yeah, don't do that. To where they you want them to say no. Like, that's a different story. You know what I mean? Because there's times where I'm like, oh, you want me to rush order this? Then, like, definitely, I'm go you're going to have to pay for mm -hmm. a rush order fee. You know what I mean? But, like, don't just be like, oh, this 
this guy's going to be super needy. I'm going to charge like up the butt just because. No, it's more like, so say you slotted for two hours of design time. So you charge for two hours and then they spend eight hours over the next couple of weeks asking you questions and getting you to redo things or whatever. And then half the time you can't recoup that cost if you've already decided on what the cost was up front. Mm -hmm. But if that person comes back and you know that that's what they're like, just say, like switch it and say, you know, at the end of this, I'm going to base the value of this design cost off the time it takes me to get that answer for you to decide and solidify that this is what's going to move forward. So, because I've had jobs that have been like two minutes of design yeah. and I've had jobs that have been 20 hours of design. For the most part, I get paid up front. Then it covers yeah. like me not taking on another job, me securing their materials, me securing my motivation to do their job, all that stuff. But <laughs> Securing your motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so the hard part is that like sometimes I'll get like super lax and just be like go like pay me up front it's fine like this should be an easy job and then at the end of it i'm like pulling my hair out and like i should be telling them you've made x amount of design changes like you're making change orders like i need more money changes. like you're making change orders like i need more money but i'm like i can't even like thank god we're pa i'm paid because i don't want to even have the conversation about money like take your take your stuff and go like don't talk to me anymore but then it sucks because it's like i should have totally gotten paid more but it's like i i don't want to go through that i've already had such a terrible experience with you you're on the blacklist take your stuff and go and that's one thing that i think uh, which i i haven't really done cuz i haven't needed to but if you start seeing that trend where where people are okay with a design and then they start wanting to make changes to it, in the email or contract or whatever you have, state in there, you get, you know, two design changes included. Every additional design change is some dollar amount. Because that, good. not only do you get paid, but that also stops them from changing their mind. And usually they're changing their mind because they didn't fully think it out in the first place. Like they just agreed and they were in a hurry, say they were at the coffee shop and they just needed to get a reply in. And then they don't spend the time to think it through. Then when they sit down later at night, they realize they wanted to change something. And that's usually what I see happening is they never spent the time up front to look over the design in the first place. You had that recently too. <laughs> I did. And I didn't have to remake it. And, but I had a proof in the email. I said, I showed you what the design looked like. I made sure you agreed. Nobody ever brought this up. Like if I need to remake it, let me know. But this, I mean, I don't see anywhere where I was unclear about what this would look like. And they agreed. So it's, I mean, you, it's CYA. Yeah. Cover your butt. Because people will, 
come at you making it seem like you're the one at fault and just make sure you have proof of does make sure you have proof of the agreed upon design yes and get in writing to some extent say do you agree that this is the final design see i'd rather talk on the phone or in person like because it's so much faster than a text message i totally get that but at the same time I'll spend half a day texting with you, so I have that screenshot that I can send you later on where it's like, you said this. Yes. You agreed to this. Exactly. And that's what I do. Like, I, even if I talk to them on the phone about the idea, I send a follow-up email confirming it so that there's no he said, she said, back and forth. Like, I've, I've had enough stuff go wrong. That I get everything in writing. <laughs> That's like this board lesson learned that I'm going to send you. Amanda started it, like the consult and everything. She's like, oh, so and so wants a recipe board too. I said you'd reach out to her. And I was like, well, th- like, <laughs> thanks for signing me up to call her on a certain day when I'm like not ready and like my game plan for the week to do that. But apparently. It got miscommunicated between the two of us what was going to get done. So that's why I went out and bought this this type of wood that I bought. And then when I talked to her today, the client, it was like a totally different thing. I was like, oh my god, like this is this is the hard part sometimes where it's like, sometimes I have a business partner, sometimes I don't. Like, it's like you got to be all in or not in at all. Like, it's it makes it a little difficult too, especially if I'm the one that's actually producing the items. Like, I don't, yeah. like, sometimes she'll be like, oh, yeah, she can totally make that. I'm like, I, I hate you so much for signing me up for that project. I need a business partner at times. And then... See, I wish Josh would t- chime in right now, because his wife totally works with him all the time. Yeah, well, his wife does a lot of the earrings and, I think, designs and stuff. And I'm sure he'll correct me later when I'm wrong. I do think it's valuable to have somebody next to you that in person that you can bounce ideas off of draw on a whiteboard whatever because i mean half the time i'm relying on you and ethan and whoever i can get a hold of to bounce the ideas off of because i know if i ask you know any of my family they're gonna be like i don't know you would be the perfect reason for me not to have red receipts on instagram anymore yeah because you're probably right because if i open it and i don't respond you keep pushing until i start responding you know why (laughs) because i'm a get shit done kind of person (laughs) i also can't open messages because if i open and i don't respond in that moment i forget about it for days that i need to go back in and respond to it so Ah. that's why i'm like i'll get to you later i'll get to you when i have the time to have the back and forth so i i will not look at them if I know I don't have the time to respond to him right then. Right. Because I know that would happen. I'd forget. And then even then, if I have something where somebody's like, oh, I want to get a quote for this. And I tell them, send me an email with your design and I'll quote it. I also make a note that says follow up on design for. And then I write down the Instagram username. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of days later, I'll look back at my list again. I'll see it. I'll go back in messages, see they still haven't responded. 
and I'll shoot them another message as a follow-up. If they still don't respond after that, I just assume I'm ghosted. I literally, like, usually end my messages with, let me know what you think. And if they read it and they don't respond, like, I'm done. Yep. (laughs) Like, I won't go through all the follow-up steps. I'll follow up one time. And then if they do answer that one follow-up, I will do it again. Yeah. Like, I, I basically go until they don't respond. But that's part of, like, filtering out the people that aren't worth your time. Or, or aren't really serious. You. Yeah. So some people are asking for sign quotes or whatever, and they're like, in their mind, they have this price set thanks to Pinterest or Walmart or whatever. And they see these things on Pinterest that are make this for a hundred bucks. And they assume that means that they get to pay a hundred bucks. And it's like, no, that whole Pinterest post was about how your materials and your paint and all this other stuff is going to cost you a hundred dollars. Paying somebody else to make it for you is not going to be a hundred dollars. And that, I think that's a large part of why people leave you on red or ghost you is they didn't realize that what was, what's your mantra custom custom made cheap. Yeah. So know that by now I'm a little sad. I actually just wanted you to finish it (laughs) (laughs) and it worked. That should be a shirt. Why isn't that a shirt? We'll make, we'll make shirts for workbench con. I should probably start Uh, yesterday. Write it down, or you're gonna forget. I know um, my I know my own slogan. Tracy, write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, uh, Tracy, because Trevor and I don't listen back to the episodes, and we knew we uh, mentioned yeah. something that we wanted to talk about again, and she wrote it down like we asked, and she sent it to us today so we could record this topic. Yes. What Chris at Elevated Grain Seven One Six said is for his design work. He gives them a fee and they pay it up front. And then when they meet and sign the contract for the final design, he applies that as partial payment to the final cost. I like that because I totally agree. If you meet in person, like but <laughs> same deal over email. Yeah. Well, you can still attach like a, with your square or something like that. Some form yeah. of payment on like a payment button, but that's like no stone unturned to CYA get paid for what you did. And that's exactly what I do. And that is, you can tell Chris has been burned several times and has now ironed it out to where he will not get burned again. So that's the hard part too, is like you have to make the mistakes to figure out what's going to work and not let you get screwed. I agree with that philosophy. I also, so for mine, mine's a little different, but it's the same concept. So I get paid up front. But the way that I do it is I will tell them, you know, this is going to be the cost, mainly because it's signed. This is going to be the cost of making it. And if you decide to move forward, once you make the payment, I will send a uh, finalized design for approval. So I actually don't do hardly any design work before they ever pay. For the actual full thing. But mine's a little bit different, I think. What someone told me when I was starting out, when I was trying to figure out, like, how to get paid, basically, because it was like, Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable to ask for money. It's uncomfortable, especially if you're, like, 
working with people you know to put a dollar sign on you and have them pay you and exchange funds. But what someone I know, actually, like a friend of mine, I made something for, and I was like, you know, like don't you don't have to worry about paying me immediately when I gave you a quote. And she said, if I bought something on Amazon, I have to pay before it gets delivered. Exactly. So that is like the like there was a change or like a way to change my mindset on it too, where it's like that's true. Like so, when people don't get paid up front for at least materials, you know what I mean? It's like, why do you want to take that money out of your checking account that? you can go take your family to the movies with or buy a nice meal or something like that and say like, Oh man, now I need that money back. So I really need to like jam out this project so they can pay me the rest of what I'm like, pay me anything that I'm due. Like, Mm -hmm. why would you put that undue stress on yourself? Like you're doing a job, get paid for that job. The other thing is if you're doing custom work. So for me, there are no returns because once it's cut, it's done. Right. Like, I can't undo it. It's not like a generalized thing where I can sell it to somebody else. Oh, they're custom so, logo? You can't sell it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? With things like that, it's it also solidifies that they cannot cancel on me. Because once they pay, it's there's no returns, there's no cancellations because I've already started. Yeah, it's and a, it's like that material's gone right. as soon as I start the job. It's a, I think it's a because you you do different like a completely different thing than I do, so it's a yeah, little different if I'm making so. like a bunch of small stuff that I can sell again to somebody else. Like if it's not a custom mm-hmm. item, then it's like, oh, they changed their mind, they backed out, like they don't want it, like I have to give them their money back. It's like that hundred dollars like i can still make that hundred dollars from somebody else like it's not a wash but if it's like something that i'm not going to be able to resell or anything it's like either you can have it half complete and here's the materials that i purchased with your money or like but you don't get your money back and that's where the deposits come in yeah like non-refundable deposit if you don't if you don't charge for the full thing up front at least charge a non-refundable deposit yeah, that covers so it you know, whether that's your des- yeah your materials whether that's your design time whatever however you want to figure that out for you and your finances like get paid for something. Mm-hmm. I haven't really had anybody ever want to cancel before. I haven't either. I was talking like I've talked to a couple people where they've said like circumstances have come up and they've had to like change everything completely. I could see it coming up in my world like. You're building a custom piece. Mm-hmm. Stuff's happened. We're not even going to live in this house anymore, and that's built to spec for this house. We've got to cancel. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I've had ones where they're like, I want to get a sign. I do the quote, and then they change their mind, which no loss, no gain, because I never started the project in the first place. Right. But this that's a large part why I'd never start a project anymore before I get paid. It's because I've had people tell me that yeah they want to move forward and i only did this one time i did the work waited to get paid and then they said i don't want it anymore and i said well you're gonna pay for it because it's already finished and you agreed on it and what happened? And eventually they did okay but it was not a comfortable conversation right but now that's why i don't make anything before i get paid for it up front see like this potential of this job on Saturday, like, 
doesn't excite me at all. The new board is what it is. That's fine. I can make something small like that. It's, um, that's all I'm making anyways these days is just small stuff. But like, I just have this like fear, anxiety that they're going to want some like big piece of furniture. And like the thought of that doesn't excite me at all. So, but yesterday when I was shopping for wood, there was this walnut slab that I sent you that I was like, this would yeah. make a like the perfect console table for my home. Like that excited me. That's what, so I have to remember that, like say no to just dollar signs and start taking on stuff that actually makes you happy. Like obviously I'm paying for my own projects to be done. I can't get paid to do those, but it's like, you can also make some stuff on your own and just sell those items. If you feel like you need to be creative and have that outlet, like I've been building for other people for years now. And I'm like, it's not as fun. Like I would totally love to just design something and build it and see what happens with it. And that's what I wanted to do yesterday. I have regrets. I should have gone back today and bought that slab, but (laughs) so I have, we'll see what happens with this project on Saturday. I think that's, that's kind of why I like YouTube is I can, that's kind of my way to make whatever I want to make or whatever I feel like doing without an end client Mm -hmm. dictating what I'm going to do. Now, whether I get the time or not, it's a different story, but that's kind of my outlet to make whatever I want. And if people want to buy it later, I'll sell it to them, but I don't go into it thinking, yeah, I'm going to sell this. Right. That's It's just like, uh, it's going to cost me this much to make this video. And that's just what it is. That's a, business call i feel like making all these smalls will support my habit of making the habit like you know it's like a bad thing like my habit yeah. of like being able to be creative again I'm like that could i think it could get me through for a little bit and taking on a little less income in order to be able to like spend more time doing stuff for myself well in smaller things i feel sometimes can feel more rewarding because they're quick wins yes so totally if you have like, you know, if you have that to-do list, some people start with the easiest things to be able to check them off to show that they made progress. Make list. Check off. Yes. Make list. <laughs> no, I'm like, first thing on make, on make list is make list. Yes. So you can scratch it off. Sometimes I start with the hardest ones because I know they're going to be the biggest challenge. Because then once I get over that hurdle of the biggest challenge, the quick win ones are like icing on the cake at the end yeah and they're just like okay boom 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 i'm done like versus oh i got these five things done oh i have this big giant hurdle i do the big hurdle first and then i'm like oh i have these itty bitty things and then i i get through them real fast and i'm done i which actually came up in the book that we're reading so that well clearly i haven't gotten there yet (laughs) oh well (laughs) what how far are you i've read a chapter Oh, wow, yeah, you're behind <laughs> one, although I've only read five, so. Well, luckily it's a small book, so if I have to, like, cram it the night before we record, I can do it. Good luck. But it's... It's still a lot of pages. Yeah. So I'm trying in the morning when I'm drinking my coffee to read it, but it's just, I need to, like, leave my cell phone out of the room because it's so easy yeah. to be like, what what's so-and-so doing on Instagram right now? Like, what's the weather going to be like today? Like, I just, yeah. so. But I, I mean... Which, he had some good, well, he had some bad experiences with things 
that led to, I guess, good advice. Mm-hmm. You know, like the whole like getting paid to make things. Like understand like if you're in over your head when you need help or when you need to subcontract stuff out or when you need advice or when you should be charging less because you don't really know what you're doing, like all that kind of stuff. So I do believe that the price you can charge when you're first starting is not the price you can charge when you're good at what you do. Correct. I agree. And, but there's a lot of people I see that right out the gate, they're trying to charge $150 an hour. There's some stuff Which that is unrealistic. I'll get asked to make or make myself, and it's, like, you put it, you're like, oh, it's X amount of dollars, and then they pay it, and then you think, why am I still making this? Like, this is, now I'm above that skill set of, like, what mm. this item is, and to be able to like charge what I deserve because I'm paying more attention to detail and everything like that. It's like, it's not even worth taking this project on anymore. I have that a lot where it's like, yeah, to pay, like it's taking me 30, 45 minutes to make it whatever, but the amount of like attention to detail that you're putting into it, it's like, I should be charging like double, if not triple what I just charged them, but no one's going to pay for that, for that item. That's another thing you have to keep in mind. And not saying, like, I'm some awesome woodworker, but it's, like, from where I started and I made that same item, like, it was worth that price. Like, that, you know, it covered the Mm -hmm. materials, it covered my time spent, you know what I mean? But now it's, like, well, I do it a little bit different and a little bit better and it's going to last a little longer. And it's this is paid attention to now as it wasn't before, so. But you're right. You also can't price yourself out of the market. Like, even if it's custom. Mm -hmm. Because there is a ceiling to everything. But I do feel like if you're going to do something new, you should charge for it and you should charge for your time. But if it's something I've never done before, I will, for one, I'll tell the client up front, like this, this particular piece of this I've never done before. If you're willing to move forward, I'll give you a discount on my design time to... Um, account for the fact that I like I feel confident and I'll give them you know like I guess an outline of why it should be no problem like the things that I know about it that I know I need to do and then the couple of unknown so like risk mitigation which is part of my normal day job so I kind of just outline and say you know this is the one thing I'm sure about but I have a backup plan or this is how I'm going to handle it or whatever to put them at ease. Cause you also don't want to say I've never done this before. And then <laughs> not give up. Well, I usually, <laughs> usually say I haven't done it before only because I haven't needed to like, I'm capable of doing it, but I just yeah. haven't yet. Yeah. Things like that. So, I mean, like I, I except for the mantle I'll, thing, cause I keep getting asked for those and I'm like, I'm yeah. not taking any orders for a mantle until I build my own. <laughs> cause I don't know if yeah. I can. <laughs> I mean, there's always something you haven't done until you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I never made a sign until I made the first one. Right. I never made an led sign until I made the first one of those. So it's just like anything else you have to, you have to put in the work. 
to get the value out of it. Like you can't be one of the people that thinks that, Oh, I, I'm doing this. I should get paid full price, even though I've never done it before. It's like, I've never really understood that, but I mean, some people do it or tried to do it anyway, but the, the issue I run into is like, if, if I charged you my normal, I'm proficient rate on something I'm doing for the first time and something goes wrong or something gets messed up and then you have to explain to the client what happened. If you had told them up front, it's my first time doing it versus trying to hide it. And then you screw up majorly Two completely separate conversations and two separate client reactions. One's going to be pretty favorable. The other one is not going to go well. So I think it also just depends on how you want to handle it. It's like, I personally don't like confrontation, so I try to reduce how often that's going to happen. I was just saying, people can listen to us, but there's like, you still have to do it on your own and you still have to figure out what works for you. Like, as a listener, it's a constant growing pain, but it is what you make it. Like, you can either be miserable and do it as a side hustle, you can be happy with what you're doing, you can... You know what I mean? But there's going to well, be... if you're miserable at it, I would not do it. Well, right. Like, that's... But I'm saying, like, if you're doing stuff poorly, if you're not having the conversations, if you're not charging appropriately, mm-hmm. whatever, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. I have realized that... So, I, obviously, I didn't start this way. Like, I didn't start knowing these things. Mm-hmm. It came from having stuff go wrong. Or whatever happened. So there were learning points along the last, you know, seven years of trying to figure this out. And, you know, it's like you said, it's trying to pull the positives out of it. Like, how can I handle that differently so that the next time I do it, it doesn't make me miserable. Right. And that's what you have to figure out. And if it's going to still make you miserable, maybe you shouldn't be trying to make it a side hustle. That <laughs> Just talk to people in your space. Talk to people not in your space. Like if you're trying to run a business, yes. talk to other business owners of other types of businesses because they have stuff that's not exactly what your issue is, but they may be able to walk you through how to handle what you're doing, like in what your issue is. Develop a little network. Yeah. I agree with that. You ready for the after show? I am. Cool. Maybe Josh will so, join us for that. We'll see. <laughs> He's all incognito. Yeah. All right. All right. Till next time. See ya. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in supporting this podcast, head to www.makervisionpodcast.com where you can purchase merchandise or donate. You'll also be able to join the email list to stay up to date with the podcast. Find us on Instagram at Maker Vision Podcast or join the Facebook group Maker Vision Tribe. Hurry up and sneeze. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> you are muted. Yeah. Like, like. Yeah, so. Anyway.